0: This is a Business Disability Forum podcast sponsored by Open Inclusion, creating a more open world for everyone from user insight to inclusive innovation. Hello, I'm here today with Steph Cutler. And um, Steph, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do um, and your current role? Because you know, we're looking in this series of podcasts about um, the person behind the job title, so you can tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. So, my background was in the fashion industry. I graduated uh, with a fashion degree and uh, worked in the industry and, and I experienced unexpected sight loss in my late 20s. And that led me to set up my own business. So I, I ran that, which was a disability equality consultancy mm-hmm. for uh, 12 plus years. Up until this year, when I went from being self-employed to employed and I now work as head of employment for Thomas Pockington Trust which is a sight loss charity and my role is to try and make some inroads into the employment gap for blind and partially sighted people which is stubbornly stubbornly low and yeah. it's more significant than that of disabled people which is more you know which is more significant than non-disabled people so yeah. I have a small small task on my hands <laughs> there but my um, ambitions yeah but one which I've I'm really I'm really really glad to be doing because like when I when I was self-employed um, employment underpinned quite a lot of what I did in in various ways so supporting people perhaps to start um, businesses or um, explore ideas of self-employment, um, getting into work and getting on in work as well, so like leadership type stuff. Um, and, and all that work is pan disability, uh, but often did have a focus on on sight loss just because yeah. that's the impairment I live with.
0: Yeah, inevitably. And tell me the name of your company. I know you, you're you obviously in a new role now, but I love yeah. the name of, of your company. That you
1: yeah, well, it, it still sort of ticks along in the background a little bit. It's called Making Lemonade. It's called Making Lemonade because when I was... Uh, learning to live with newly acquired sight loss I would tell myself on tough days when I didn't really want to get out of bed you know come on Steph if life deals you lemons girl you get out there and you make lemonade yep. so it was a very sort of uh, motivating saying for me and I set up a, a business which originally wasn't called Making Lemonade, but I quite quickly became known as the Lemonade Girl. <laughs> and um, I was not only doing the sort of disability equality type stuff, i.e. working with organisations, but a lot of individuals would come to me and say, you know, I'd like to talk to you or could you help me? I'd like to do something similar to where you've been or I'm stopping to find work or I'd like to start a business or or within organizations um, people would say "Well, oh, I've got a staff member who'd appreciate some support so then it, it got about really just helping other people make lemonade from the lemons in their life or mm-hmm. organizations you know disability sometimes might feel like a bit of a lemon but actually you can look at it very differently as we all know and yeah. it could be like quite a, an asset to an organization if you choose to look differently about it so yeah it, it became uh, making lemonade so yeah it's it, it's it's still out there in the background and I, I still kind of keep it Ticking along a little bit, doing doing bits and pieces,
0: because you know, I still I still really love that that work. Can you tell me a bit about what you like to do most in your role? What are the things you really enjoy? What do you get a kick from?
1: I'm relatively new in my role, so seven months I think. But if I think more widely about this role and and previous, it's it's always that that bit where you enable somebody to have a bit of a breakthrough in their thinking, perhaps often that's around how they feel about themselves as a disabled person quite often or just help people maybe see that they could be doing more or bigger or different or better which they'd like to be doing but maybe they don't necessarily think that that's a possibility for for many reasons sometimes but often it is because you know they believe their parent might be a bit restrictive or that they should be glad to have a job um you Mm. know and, and sort of Get a bit comfortable in that role whereas actually they've got loads more talent and could be taking that a bit further so i think when you when you support somebody uh, or you just play a a really small role because ultimately you can't do it for people so they have to do it for themselves but when you play like a small role in somebody just um stepping out and and taking a chance Mm. on doing something a bit more with, with the talents that they have like that's always a a good moment and uh you know, just one of those where you think, yeah, that's
0: what it's all about.
1: Because I experienced that, you know, so it's it's nice if you can give back a bit in that respect. So, yeah, that's good. was that's good.
0: And, of course, you went through a complete career change, through no choice of your own. Your yeah. your direction took a completely different route to what you expected. And I think sometimes if you can go, well, actually, this happened to me. That was where I wanted to go, but actually have ended up doing this. It makes it a bit more real for people, doesn't it?
1: I think so, yeah. Because I think if you've got that shared lived experience, it doesn't have to be this, same impairment but if, if you just had something that's impacted on your life and, and there's a there's a similarity there I think it gives you a, a foot in to be able to I'm not going to say give advice because actually i I'm, I'm never it's not for me to give anybody any advice really but just yeah. like I said just help people explore a little bit what what can be done and you know if, if,
0: if you've got that t-shirt then it helps that conversation When we were chatting a few weeks ago, you were telling me about a particular party you had that was particularly relevant to your sight loss. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, please, Steph?
1: Yeah, so... um, And it was an interesting
0: choice, I thought.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't a typical reaction to um, news of imminent sight loss, but I, at the time, was... uh, living in London, I had quite a work hard, play hard kind of lifestyle. I had loads and loads of friends at the time and that was kind of how I rolled if you like. And so um, I didn't take the news of my sight loss as a big tragedy. Um, I felt as though it would be helpful for people to know and to know from me rather than via someone else so that it sort of came from the horse's mouth if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have any answers for people so when they asked me questions it was quite easy. I said I didn't know because I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. I, I knew I wouldn't lose all my sight but I didn't know what central vision loss meant or how that would affect me practically or emotionally or anything like that. So um, I yeah I just decided that I wouldn't be able to hide it and hiding it probably wouldn't work anyway. I didn't give this nearly as much thought as perhaps I should have. But I decided, having told uh, most people in my friendship circle that I would, though uh, I'm going blind party, uh, I decided that I I had a few months, I was given a few months before um, my sight would, my overall sight would deteriorate and so I was going to go just to see a little bit more of the world while I still could. Not that I never intended to do anything like that again, but I, I just felt that with full sight, I would. It would be easier, and I'd appreciate why we're seeing a bit more. So, so just before I went, I um, sort of hired a pub and invited everyone, and yeah, everyone kind of went to it. My dad wasn't so keen. He didn't really understand what I was
0: celebrating. It's <laughs> kind of understandable. Yeah, and I think for parents, it's that not being able to do anything to fix the problem. They want to make it better, especially for their little girl, and will always be their little girls, of you course. know, one shape or another. And I think for them, it, it must be quite difficult. It's that lack of control and being able to do something. So mm. I can...
1: And I've got a really supportive family, and yeah. they would always want to help and make things better. Fix Fix, exactly. Yeah. And and this was something that wasn't that, that, wasn't that option to do. Mm. Um, and we didn't know what we were what was going to happen like I said so um yeah he just was he was reluctant and I just sort of said you know you better be there and (laughs) and he came and um quite a lot of my friends over the years had had met my parents and so you know they all kind of went over and spoke to him and 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 I don't really remember people talking about my sight loss much you know I'm sure uh, maybe there was the odd little mini bit of a conversation here and there but ultimately we all went to the bar got Got a few drinks in and and it, it didn't become a hot topic. I think it quite quickly mm. reduced any sort of difficulty around the topic because yeah. if you pack out a pub and you say, this is why, you can't talk about it all night, surely. I don't remember talking to people much about it. I can't, I don't, maybe I can't really remember it too long. Well. Um, it was that good a it night. It was that good a <laughs> night. Um, but I do remember my dad saying at the end that he was really glad that he came. Mm. And I was really pleased because I'd insisted. And the reason he said was because he said, you know, I feel better because if you've got all those people on your side, you're going to be all right. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't think I'd given it nearly as much thought as perhaps I might, might should have done. But maybe you don't need to overthink things <laughs> either. Just, yeah. That's just what I felt like doing. And it, and it worked because I really wanted my parents to feel better about the mm. situation i think it went some way towards helping that and it's not the end of the world
0: either is it
1: i never thought it would be yeah and i know people say well you know oh she'll it, it'll happen she'll she'll break down she'll do this that and the other but actually at the time when my sight started to deteriorate i was i i didn't find every day easy mm-hmm. you know obviously i didn't um and i had some bad days but I had a broken heart at the time, and I think that actually hurt more <laughs> <laughs> and made me more upset than, um, yeah. Yeah, than the challenges that sight loss faced. Yeah, I, and I'm sure people thought I was sort of in my room all sad because of your sight loss, but actually I was just nursing a good old-fashioned broken heart. And again, that's, that's life, isn't it? There's yeah. different things, and they come yeah. and get you in different ways. And I was really clear with myself that I don't see why this has to be a tragedy or, or, like you say, the end of the world. And it's what you make it, isn't it? Definitely.
0: So I think for both of us, we've acquired a disability during our lifetime. And um, for me, although I have a really good life and I've got a lovely family, husband, kids and everything else, obviously, obviously a job I love, obviously. <laughs> um, if someone said to me, you could have your leg back now, I'd jump at the chance. However, if they said, you go back to that point in time and you didn't get hit by the train, you didn't lose your leg, and your life would carry on on that other path, that I'm not so sure about because, you know, there's my my beautiful children, and to think that that might not have happened because I'd be a different person, that I get a little bit more unsure about. And what's your view on, you know, if you could have your your sight back, would would you do that? What's your thoughts on that?
1: I wouldn't jump at the chance. I know that that's really something that many people find quite hard to understand. I think many disabled people find that quite hard to understand as well, because for many people who live with a like a long-term health condition or disability, would would very much jump at the chance, yeah, yeah. and I I completely understand that. I used to regularly refer to my sight loss as a gift, and I I say that because I think it has really given me a whole lot of stuff, you know. Mm. Uh, Lots in terms of like my character, um, I think there's probably skills i already I' always had, but actually living with sight loss means that um, I've really had to hone those and develop those and I think that's made me probably a, a <laughs> it sounds a bit naff, but a bit better person, but also like a, a, a better uh, professionally as well so mm-hmm. like I, I can really see advantages there, and I think I wouldn't have met some of the amazing people that I've met. Um, having acquired a disability because like my, my previous circles they just wouldn't have, they, they weren't as diverse as, as they are now and that diversity brings quite a richness to my friendship groups and my networks and I really value that, you know, there's people I've met that I just would never have met otherwise and I think um, we talk a lot as disabled people about the opportunities you're denied and I, and I totally get that that exists and that we need to do stuff to to kind of prevent some of that exclusion but I do feel like I have experienced opportunities, like I've been gifted opportunities that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And so, yeah, like I really—I used to view it as a gift, and I think as I've got a bit older, I have done a bit of a U-turn on that. Not a big full-on no. U-turn, <laughs> but I wouldn't jump at the chance. But I might—you might be tempted. I—I—I'd definitely be interested in finding out more. But I think it might be related to what you've just said, actually. Just that thing like you've had that gift, you know, like you've had those years of yeah. it giving you a gift. And I'm not sure if it's a gift that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. giving it's like whether I'm... we've
0: reached, we've plateaued almost yeah, in I think, that gift. Yeah, I
1: think there is something about that. And I did used to also say, because I don't want to come across as someone who's just like one of those ultra positive people who's kind of a little bit sickening with it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so I used to say that, like it, I do. I do see it as a gift, and I, and I still do. But I, you know, there are times when I wish it came with a gift receipt, and you could definitely give it back. Yeah, you know? have a break from it. And that. even on even at my most positive um, times, and you know, mm. I I would still say that that you know there are days when it's not a gift. It's not a gift every day. But yeah, if you are if you do stop and look back, I think many of us could
0: see gift-type moments along the way. Yeah, and it fundamentally changes who you are, I think, doesn't mm-hmm. it? If I think back to the 17-year-old version of me, yeah. I probably wasn't that... No- I'm lovely now, obviously, but I probably wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you just develop a little bit more insight, empathy, yeah. understanding for different people in different situations and learn not to jump to conclusions quite so much. I probably still do. I mean, none of us are, are perfect. Well, but true. I think it, it does... It gives you a different slant on life, I think, sometimes. And it also makes you embrace it a bit more sometimes and not want to miss those opportunities because you really don't know what's around the corner.
1: Yeah, I would just second that, I think. It's one of those things that... I always kind of feel like you do have a choice. You can't choose what happens Mm. to you always, you know. But I think, largely, you can choose how you react to things. And that's in our power, if you like. And so it's how we choose to see things, and I'm not saying you immediately are going to go, yay! Which yeah. <laughs> um, is fantastic. with a bit you. of time and a bit, of, you know, a bit of hindsight, I think you know if you did stop and think.
0: Yeah. So for quite a bit of your career, you were saying that you know you've been self-employed. You did your lemonade business. I like to yeah. think of you at a stand with lemonade, but obviously not quite. But you know, unfortunately um, not. <laughs> no, I know. Um, but what bit of advice would you give to employers to kind of demystify and debug the kind of any barriers that? might be perceived for, you know, a person with a disability, like yourself.
1: Yeah. I think it's that stuff that lots of us kind of know. I'm not sure there's a silver bullet around this, really. It is all that really, really basic stuff about not making assumptions about people and kind of uh, giving people an opportunity to, and I mean that in terms of an interview as much as anything else, you know, Um, and I think, you know, if you're if you're a disabled person you need to you need to be the very best you mm. and you need to deliver and you need to perform and you need to um you know bring value and all of the all the stuff of course you do but um you need an employer who's going to um uh, give you give you that opportunity to shine and to show what you bring and so i think um yeah i think just if employers could um often get some advice from people with lived experience about that process because sometimes it's, it's a system, it's not even necessarily the people, although we haven't yeah. even got to the people sometimes and the system itself is, is uh, making it difficult. So I think um, you know just to look at the, the whole journey of, 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 of applying and um, uh, going for a job and yeah. then being in work and just if you looked from the very start right through to being offered a job and then the induction and, and getting settled into work, if, if we looked at the whole journey and look at actually you know what might what might we be doing that makes that more difficult than it needs to be um just to ask those questions and ask those questions of yourself but also ask people who live with this yeah um uh, what they say because I think you know employees can't be expected to know everything about everything yeah. um and so I think you know of course they need to be doing best practice at, you know not for one second trying to make out that they don't have responsibilities because absolutely they do but I I do think when when they they've got to be willing but when they work with disabled people we need to be willing too that's when it works the best I think Mm. when we can kind of just um, make these things work and and make steps to make it kind of go forward just better for the next person that comes after you that that isn't our duty as disabled people I I sort of see that as a bit of responsibility that I have just because I want to make things better.
0: And demystify it a bit, because I think sometimes yeah. people think the perceived outcomes yeah. or what it is like isn't as bad as they think it is, whether it's adjustments or for the actual individual, and it's about yeah. debugging that sometimes, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and I think, you know, if you, it's so often not half as difficult, Yeah. you know, and um, that's not to say either that there aren't things people need to do. So I think there needs to be a bit of honesty there as well. So I don't think it's any good at saying... You know, it's really easy to employ disabled people because I'm not, you know, mm. if you had, if you wanted to employ me and or there was somebody else who was sort of equally qualified, equally experienced, equally good, then, you know, I'm not the easier of the two people to employ. You know, there are things that need to be put in place immediately, really, for me to be able to, to just get, get set up and yeah. plan to run. So I don't think we should pretend that it's easy, but actually, you know, that stuff isn't that hard to do. Yeah. And once it's there... I will run with that <laughs> and I will show you and I will show myself and all of that other stuff so yeah. I think um I think there needs to be a little bit of honesty in the room um but also I think you know we it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that difficult
0: and there's big benefits as well as you said the different skill sets and the things you're able to do. I mean I I had, when we were just sat in reception I heard you, you would something on your phone and that is the speed at which you can listen <laughs> to audio always yeah. amazes me with people yeah. with, with the eye it's um always fascinating and you're like can you, people really listen to that, stuff at that speed and it's it's like skim reading but it's just hearing it isn't it it's like skim listening I suppose
1: yeah and I suppose that if you gave if you gave me a document to read and this other imaginary person I've just described yeah yeah you know I would be able to read it quicker and comment on it quicker
0: yeah
1: um, because I'm so attuned now and I do have my software at a really high rate yeah. so um, and that's just a skill that I've developed um, so it's not true that you know we're always slower. Yeah. You know, there are times when I would be slower than that, than that person, but there are times actually when, you know, I, I could really get to the nub of the, the, yeah. the document much quicker. Absolutely. Um, just, because, just because in that, in that instance, that's, that's something that I'm able to do. So, yeah, it's, it's just about not assuming people be slow, assuming people will have accidents, assuming people will, you know, struggle with different things, you know. Uh, often those things we, we know, are not created by the individual anyway. It's, it's stuff outside of us that makes that difficult. So, you know, good our social model um, yeah. there, but, we, but I kind of do hang on to that because I think I, when I learned about the social model of disability, I found it really empowering because I didn't, like I said, know anything about disability prior to becoming disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was navigating life as somebody who was experiencing barriers barriers that I didn't experience before and I just sort of kept thinking again I don't think I thought this through like you know hindsight's a wonderful thing but yeah. looking back I was well, I'm still Steph and I, st- I still want to buy that ticket or I still want to just you know get yeah. from A to B or so, yeah. I still want to get a job and all those things and, and they were more difficult and I couldn't always work it out because I kind of knew it was because I didn't see fully but it didn't it felt more than that and then when I learned about the social model I was like that's what I'm that's what it's called something you know and it and um I don't even say that social model is perfect but I think it is a way of of describing some of how Mm. how things are and that once for me anyway once I knew that it was external things um that were part of the the issue it kind of made me it took a bit of I don't know just something that something negative that I was take, carrying around with me you know it's not always it isn't always me and actually I haven't changed and I still want to do the same things yeah. Um. and actually if that was a bit different and that was a bit different then you could do I it. wouldn't be yeah. feeling quite so lousy about not being able yeah. to so for me it was quite a liberating kind of moment finding out about it and I do I do keep it in the back of my mind, my mind all the time because when I go to do something and it's not, I do sometimes think, I use a social model to say, is it me? Because sometimes it is, you know, maybe I'm just being lazy that day or I'm having, I'm exhausted or, you know, I'm just not performing like I might or I'm not thinking straight. You know, there's, there's yeah. a whole, you know, I'm, I'm not a perfect human being that, that is like robotically performing well all the time. So I just say, you know, is it is it me? Or, or is it? Because it's the way it's designed or the way people are treating me or something else. And it just helps to kind of like, balance out the reality of of a particular situation. So I find it helpful.
0: Mm. Now one of my favourite questions always is asking people to describe themselves in sort of three to five words. So hopefully you've had a bit of a think about this or you're just going to wing it and make something up for me.
1: Um, (laughs) I think um, there are some words that spring to mind. Um, I think if I was to describe myself I would say I was impatient. I think that's sometimes. An advantage and sometimes a disadvantage mm-hmm. um so but yeah i can be i can be quiet and patient i think i'm in, inherently pretty positive yeah. and that's the thing that has taken me from where i might have been to where i am now i think you're and it goes back to that choice thing a bit you know you can choose to look at things in two different ways and i know some people are, are naturally more you know positive i don't want to make a really there are there are wider things than just how you choose to see a situation. I get that, but um, I think um, I do tend to see opportunities and do tend to be positive about things, and I, it has been a real asset to me. So yeah, I'm pretty positive. I'm going to say honest, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say honest because I think it's something that I I have found out that people say about me so just through some like leadership training and 360 feedback and just things like that that I've got people really seem to say that it's really refreshing to have somebody who's prepared to be honest like when I was in other situations, people have said that about me. Now, I find it really difficult, not not because I would lie, but just because what I'm talking about is having the honesty and a, probably a bit of courage, actually, to have some difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that happens enough in lots of workplaces and in lots of relationships. And I think, you know, once we're honest and you have the courage to be honest, I think the courage sort of precedes that a little bit, mm-hmm. then we start to move forward. And I think, you know, the disability world needs to be honest because otherwise we stay where we are you know we need to be honest about these things and workplaces need to be in and you know I try and really be honest with the people I work with and, and they do say to me you know it's really it's really nice it's really refreshing to have a manager who's honest with you and and that's a credit to them as much because that means they're not always hearing what it's easy to hear, but mm. I think people do respect that, and I think that's how
0: things change. If you wrap it up too much, people don't always see what you're trying to tell them anyway, do they? Yeah. You get lost, so that yeah. honesty. Yeah,
1: and I think it's, it is really difficult, and I still find it difficult, but I really push myself just to be honest where there's situations where it's it's necessary. Um, and, you know, that whole group think going with the flow thing, mm. doesn't always move us forward. It doesn't create new thinking, and I think that probably leads me to, I was going to say, ambitious. Mm-hmm. I'm not particularly, particularly ambitious about myself, so I don't need a big fancy job title or the status particularly, but I like to be ambitious in my thinking because I, like I said, I just think we need to, we need, often need to move things forward and you know, wherever you're working, whatever you're doing, the
0: world's changing constantly, so um, a bit of ambitious thinking is probably really needed. And of course you are on the uh, Power 100 2018 list from uh, sure Trust. so uh, yeah. congratulations. You've That's, got some ambition and some... Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I think, yeah, that was really nice to be recognised and mm. I kind of see it for some of that, just bringing some new thinking and yeah. um, some leadership to situations and I think I quite often feel where I go, I feel a bit like an uncomfortable fit quite often and I sometimes felt a bit like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on or I'm going to leave this behind because I just don't feel like I fit very easily and sometimes I've raised that so you know if I'm on a board or you know I've, I've, I've gone to an opportunity or something I can think of a couple of opportunities where I've said you know actually I'm going to step down because I don't know that I really fit here and then people will say that's exactly why you can't go anywhere yeah, Exactly because <laughs> we kind of need you not to fit in and we need you to bring that that's what you bring yeah. is that not really fitting and I've sort of learned that, particularly over the last few years, and I, I don't know if that's that's kind of maybe part of the, the powerless thing, but just, I think, you know, mm. I think that it, it's hard when you don't fit, and I find it quite exhausting sometimes, I just think it would be lovely just to slot in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not have to have difficult conversations, and not really need to kind of, I never go in anywhere to stir things up, but... You yeah. see
0: something, you can't help say.
1: So. I'm not very good at tolerating what I don't think is yeah. tolerable. And I think, you know, it's not okay not to say something. If, mm. Not every time, but, you know, there are times yeah. when you have to, you know, step up. So, yeah. I don't know, Any other words for us? Ambitious covers that, but I'm yeah. uh, sticking to it. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Um, I was all tempted to say passionate, but I think that's just boring. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working in this field...
0: Yeah, it's almost it's inevitable. A, it's a given. If, if it's
1: not a given, you're in the wrong space. Yeah. So, yeah, of course I am, but, yeah. you know, yawn, yawn. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that was one of my words, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> do you know um, what I mean? Though? Yeah, I do completely know what you mean. Thinking about the kind of visible, non-visible, do you consider yourself to have a visible or a non-visible disability? Um, it's an I've, interesting one, and I guess yeah. it varies at different times, does it? Or
1: um, I've definitely got a non-visible disability, yeah. Yeah, so um, I am actually registered blind, but I don't really use that term that often just because it doesn't really describe me very well mm-hmm. um you know I can run for a bus I just can't see what bus it is when I get there um so to, to all intents and purposes you know I, I absolutely look sighted and um, the type of sight loss I've got you know people assume when you can't see that you can't see where you're going but actually I can reasonably well see where I'm going um I, it's not to say it's easy to navigate around places but the stereotypical thing doesn't really doesn't really suit fit me um I'm definitely you'd never know no and yet I do have significant sight loss and um, I've got a lot of useful sight too but I have got significant sight loss and but it it's sort of in it's in ways it's not particularly obvious mm. and I, I think there are challenges that come with living with a um a non-visible disability it's not that one's harder or easier than the other um yeah. I think there's probably times when it's easier with if, if it's Really obvious, but yeah. I'm sure people with a you know uh, a visible disability sometimes wish it wasn't, and occasionally I, I kind of wish it was. You know, I I use a a white cane occasionally, um, more to let other people know. I was gonna say, to, is that to usage? let other people know? Make yes, people it aware. is. Yeah, yes, it is, and I, and I will use it so I can control that a little bit. I find that these days most people have got their head in their phone, so this. this yeah. They don't get out of the way for you. <laughs> Just <laughs> anyway. their legs. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of useful to, to a point if you're not using it for mobility purposes, which, which I don't. Mm. But yeah, I think living with a non-physical impairment has its own challenges yeah. because yeah. it forces you to have to talk about it at times.
0: You have to be more open, I think. You have think, to be more you? assertive sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And how can you expect people to know if they wouldn't see it? Yeah, and so I think you think have to share can't it. expect people to know. No.
1: You kind of need to share sometimes.
0: I think you just need to be a bit more open if you've got a non-visible, because yeah. you can't expect people to know or underst- or be aware of it in any way. Yeah. So it's, it comes with its own challenges, I think, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does, and I think there are times when, um, when I'm really glad that I can get away with it, for want of a better expression, just because I can get through a day with or a moment or, you know, yeah. a time when actually I don't, I don't need to go through all of that and um, people aren't making assumptions because they don't know. Yeah. But then when you do, and you have to, yeah. you can't expect, you know, you just can't expect people to know if it's really not clear and, you know, there's no reason why they would know, then I feel like the responsibility lies with me to do that and there's ways and means of doing that. And I think, you know, actually what I found when I first started, like I said, living, living with this, it was a bit play, playing about right here in terms of when i do it like this people kind of want to wrap me in cotton wool when i just say it like that Mm. people get it a bit more when i say it like that you know uh people don't really understand that it's an issue so i kind of like honed ways and that you kind of bank those ways and you know sometimes you need people to kind of get it quickly or there are times when you could you know it doesn't matter quite so much you just try and um and and i think this is what you're always working with so i think um it is sometimes you get towards the end of the day and actually you're quite tired. Mm. And I think that's what I've, the last sort of 10 plus years, you know, I haven't got the energy I used to have. When I stop and think about maybe everything I've done in a day, like finding somewhere that's unfamiliar and yeah. how much more difficult that is and the concentration that goes with that. And even, even taking familiar routes, you are having to concentrate a whole lot yeah, more yeah. and how you access information and how you tell strangers which... You know, even if you're just going to buy a bag of crisps you know you know just really really basic stuff yeah. that's before you've had anything in your day that's challenging beyond buying yeah. a bag of crisps, crisps yeah. and you get home and you, you just occasionally just have to kind of say give yourself a break a little bit because all of that those tiny little bits do add up and that's a lot of mm. concentrating and a lot of effort above and beyond everything you've had to do that day perhaps as part of
0: your daily mm. things anyway whether it's personal or professional is there anything, looking back, that you would like to tell your younger self? Is there anything you would do differently? I think there is. I wouldn't like to say I'd like to
1: really change myself, because I think it's all part of your journey, isn't it? And, mm. and that, that awful expression, but all part of that journey yeah. Yeah. Of, of how you come to where you are at now, and I think, you know, I'm in my early 40s now, and I think... You quite often get to a space where you you care a bit less, and you're a bit more comfortable in your skin now than yeah. you were maybe in your twenties. But when I think about maybe when I was in my twenties, I was quite spirited, and I equally didn't like tolerate things very easily that I thought were intolerable. They weren't around the same topic, so they weren't about disability, but they're just things I thought were a bit unjust, maybe daft things in the workplace. And I think I would I would I would speak up quite often on behalf of other people quite often too. And I do look back and wish that I knew just a bit more about maybe how to frame arguments or influence, you know, be a bit smarter in terms of how I made those calls. Because I was kind of young and uh, it, it all came out in one way, I didn't have a bit of a means and ways of thinking about a situation or how a particular person might react. And I think, um, yeah, like there, there might have been times when I could have handled situation slightly better mm. and um, having developed um, some of those skills now I think you can make bigger impact when you kind of channel things in certain ways mm. and you take certain things into consideration and I think back then just youth and energy and so on I probably didn't do that terribly well. I still love the fact I said it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and do you think looking back that's because of what you've been through because you disability or just because you've matured and learned and? Obviously... I'm not sure I can say really
1: but I think I think living with disability has has taught me some of that stuff. So it's a bit like what I say before about you know you kind of think well in this situation I will describe myself like this or my access requirements like this. And so I think that's probably a little bit a part of what I'm saying, just that mm-hmm. thing about you're a bit more mindful about uh, ways and means and and ultimately getting getting the outcome you want, which might just be to you know what platform your trains on or you know just something really practical that you need to know yeah. or something much much bigger and more important that that has an impact on many other people in many other ways so the same principle applies that you just you know think about these things a bit more I have done some some reading around this and some sort of training and things you know some sort of professional development around this too I'm not sure if my old life would have afforded
0: me those opportunities again I think that that's the gift thing Well, thank you ever so much for joining us today, Steph, and coming over and finding us out here. uh, We really appreciate it. It's been really lovely chatting to you, so thank you ever so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. This podcast series is sponsored by Open Inclusion, helping business be beautiful, inclusive, and effective. Find out more at openinclusion.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so remember you can like and comment on each podcast and subscribe to Business Disability Forum on podcast platforms such as SoundCloud.